This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, and Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday. A lot to get to today. We'll get to some NFL stuff, more baseball. We'll reset everything when it comes to odds to win the World Series after Major League Baseball trade deadline. But right now, let's go out to the Roman guest side, talk some college football. Brett Ciancia joining us. Pick six previews as the preview is out. You can go grab it right now and um, – Brett, let's start. Your college football previews out. Before we dive into particular teams, what you like, what you don't like this year in terms of uh, trends at different conferences, just take us through your process. Um, you know, we've talked to some experts in college football the last couple of weeks, and we've all been told, like, this NIL stuff, it's really changed the game in terms of projecting these teams. Take us through your process on ranking these teams, how you put together your preview, and how did the NIL now impact all of this? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to break down this 2022 season. Uh, yeah, with Pick 6 Previews, it's a college football preview magazine, just like the ones you see on newsstands. Um, it's just me. It's a one-man show. I'm doing all 66 Power 5 teams. And um, in terms of process, yeah, it's um, talking to head coaches, talking to coordinators, beat writers, uh, watching spring games, anything I can get my hands on, uh, running my advanced numbers, my analytics, but then putting it back into readable terms. Um, and I struck, try and strike a nice balance between the numbers and then the real X's and O's and the player personnel. So, um, and then in terms of 2022 itself, yeah, this has been the hardest book to compile yet. Uh, it's my 11th year doing it, and this is by far the hardest, uh, most challenging because of uh, the biggest coaching carousel we've ever seen in, in this generation, and then also the biggest uh, player movement with the transfer portal, the no penalty transfers, uh, and then you have like the six-year super seniors factoring in from 2020. So, yeah, a lot of variables, but um you know, I spent seven months building this book out, and I, I'm confident that I find everything I can, and I have the accuracy title of the last five years to, to vouch for it. So, uh, but yeah, definitely the hardest book uh, in, in the 10 years I've been doing it. Brett, looking forward to uh, getting some of your strong opinions on the and these overvalued, undervalued teams that we can use in different ways, whether we're talking about uh, conference futures or win totals uh, in the betting world. But um, just to follow up, you, you talked about how challenging it was this offseason more than other seasons. And we've talked to uh, a number of pro bettors that felt that, you know, this is the biggest advantage they had as a better making their own numbers because they just have so many disagreements with the books. Uh, just looking at the odds, did you, do you think a lot of the sports books were on it or did you also find that uh, you had many differing opinions more than most off seasons because of all of these variables. Yeah. When I say challenging, uh, that's, that's, I put that on myself because I try and find every detail I can. I'm breaking down teams by position, um, you know, and trying to track all these transfers, seeing what their backstories were, why they transferred uh, their high school grades, 
did they participate last year at their other college? So challenging in the sense of my time commitment, but I love every second of it. Um, that does pay dividends because, yeah, I do have differing opinions from from the general consensus, from the national books, the other preview guides, and uh, and the sports markets. Um, I really put blinders on once the the conference title or once the national title ends. I don't really look at any other way too early lists or other. Uh, off-season material and that's not out of arrogance it's just i want to have my own original thoughts so i spent seven months hunkering down and uh and then i come to my my own yeah my, my own conclusions and and yeah there are a lot of um opportunities here where i look at some of the win totals they they don't really make sense and i think there's value to be had um these conference title futures we'll get into i have some teams winning the conference outright that aren't even in the top two uh, of odds so uh, and then same with heisman where you see some names that are popular on twitter or talked about all off season, but I don't even think they'll be all conference. So yeah, there's definitely some value to be had um, after all the research I put in. Love it. As you're going through your preview process, which teams stick out as being overvalued? As being overvalued? Well, first we'll start yeah. with USC. I'm, I'm shocked to see that USC is the, the betting favorite out in the Pac-12. Uh, they really haven't done nothing to, to earn that title. Um, of course, Lincoln Riley came in and, uh, the old mindset was, okay, that's a great hire. He'll need two or three years to reshape the roster. Uh, that's the old mindset. Nowadays, you can reshape a roster overnight, and he certainly did that offensively, and specifically the offensive skill positions. And, of course, they have a ton of firepower at receiver, two starting Pac-12 running backs, uh, and his former five-star Caleb Williams at quarterback. My question is, can they block or tackle? And uh, that is not proven yet. The defense was pushed around all season last year by the Pac-12 offensive line had issues and inconsistencies too so with such a proven product out there with utah with a better rec uh, recruiting program with oregon i think those two are more suitable contenders to win the pac-12 than usc i think it's a lot of hype um you know a lot of gaudy offensive stats that you'll see a lot of passing yardage but i don't know that they can block and tackle at a conference title level so uh, right now my pick is utah to win the pac-12 and i have usc behind them Brett, how about the other side of this? How about undervalued teams, teams that you seem to like a little bit better than the market, and for whatever reason, maybe you think teams or are, are people out there are just not realizing how good this team or that team could be? Yeah, absolutely. I love this category because we sit here in August, everyone's undefeated, and everyone's optimistic about the upcoming season. But, but yeah, there's one uh, especially that caught my eye, NC State. Um, I have them winning the ACC Atlantic and winning the ACC Conference outright. And uh, I know that the national consensus is to have Clemson doing such. So uh, the, if you look at the betting markets there, NC State is plus 900 to win the ACC. Uh, Clemson's the heavy favorites, but I actually uh, have NC State doing it. When you look at their roster, um, it's not, it, they were number five in my defensive metrics last year. And then they bring back a top 10 returning production number on defense. Uh, they were banged up last year at times. All of them are back on defense. Uh, that's going to lead them. And then on offense, you have a proven guy, Devin Leary, 30 touchdowns to five picks. Uh, deep receiver core and if you talk to NC State coaches media fans they, they're pretty confident this is their best team in school history so um, that's kind of a diamond in the rough that is is being disrespected by the markets I think um, other ones Baylor Michigan they're a, they're a spot or two from being the conference champs but they have longer odds uh, if Michigan can take down Ohio State again I know it's a huge if but they're one of those teams that's one win away and if they beat Ohio State now they're in the driver's seat for a Big Ten East and a Big Ten title so at plus 1,000, that's, that's decent value. Uh, that, that's a good call, Brett, because you're right. The consensus is, and as far as the odds, everybody's just picking Clemson. Maybe it's because uh, something they do every year, and, and they're familiar with the situation and how they've reloaded 
for a long period of time, but the ACC really does stand out as a conference that's wide open. Are there any other conferences that are wide open where you think, okay, you can find some value that you're really targeting because that's one part about college football now is it's tough to find those value spots since a lot of times the chalk gets home. Yeah, well, one conference that I do think is wide open is the Big 12. Um, When I go through there, I I could really think of five teams that could contend to win the thing um, because you catch Oklahoma, who's typically the dynasty program out there. You catch Oklahoma in a transition year. Um, I like the hire. I like Brent Venables. I like his offensive coordinator hire even better, Jeff Levy. I think the offense will be special. Uh, But nonetheless, you catch him in a transition year. A lot of that roster transferred out. Um, meaning that that league is wide open. And, you know, there's a lot of valuable teams. Texas, they could be, they could win the conference or they could go five and seven again. They have the biggest range of outcomes. So um, I wouldn't suggest touching Texas, but just to say that uh, that's also a, a wild card contender out there. But for value in the Big 12, I'd go with Baylor. They are right now plus 600, which is third best odds in the Big 12, um, third longest, I should say. And, um, but uh, they, they won the conference last year. They have the best offensive line, the best defensive line. Uh, and probably the best defensive mind in the game uh, with Dave Aranda, a guy I got to interview. And you talk to this guy, he's, he's, a, he's a genius talking X's and O's. And I knew it was a matter of time until he'd convert Baylor into a, a top-notch defense. It happened quicker than I thought. But, um, yes, they lose some personnel. I think seven starters gone. But uh, you got to trust those lines. And um, I, I really trust that in, in the Big 12. So a wide-open league, I would find some value there. Baylor plus 500, plus 600, betting on the, depending on the market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Awesome. Are there any win totals on the board that you like that you saw? Yeah, well, right away, there's one that's kind of chalky. It's Alabama. Uh, it caught my eye right away. Uh, just the, the 10 and a half. So you're saying that in a 12-game season, they have to lose twice to lose that bet? I'm not <laughs> buying that. I, I think Alabama's by far the number one team heading into the season. Um, you have the, the, the defending Heisman winner. You have the best defender in the country, Will Anderson five stars at every position group and also a team under Nick Saban with the revenge factor. Now they they were, you know, they got upset by A&M. They lost the national title. They lost the off season title to A&M in the recruiting game. They're going to be hungry. So I don't see them losing twice. So at 10 and a half, that's, I like that number. Um, some smaller numbers, Arizona at three wins. I think they bounce back and move up the Pac-12 North ladder or Pac-12 South, I should say. Um, now they have Jaden Delora at quarterback and, uh, second-year coach bonus under Jed Fish. So that three number looked pretty low. Um, I would take them over three. And there's one also that has already moved on me. Uh, back when I published my book, I had BYU winning over seven. That was the number. And that's already skyrocketed up to eight and a half. So I don't know. Maybe other people caught on to BYU, but I, I thought I had some value with them. Um, just given how veteran that roster is, how physical they are, um, and Jaron Hall, quarterback, surrounded by, I think it's like 20 returning starters. So that's a clear indicator of year-over-year improvement. I really like that seven number. Eight and a half is going to be tougher, just given their schedule. They have Arkansas, Notre Dame, uh, Boise, and uh, a couple other top-notch teams, Baylor. But uh, I wish it was still at seven. I'd throw that answer in there. 
Brad, are there any other teams that you think that are you know dark horses or, or you like their chances to maybe make the playoff? Because you look at the odds right now, you already mentioned how you think USC is overvalued. And, and I'm looking at them, and depending on where you look, they're the fifth favorite. It's Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. So let's go beyond that top four. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. You already kind of faded USC. If, it, if someone's going to surprise us and enter that top group and be in the playoff, who do you think it could be? Where, where do you think there's value? Because beyond that, everyone is 25 or 50 or 60 or 80 to 1. There, there's some big numbers out there. Yeah, so outside of that top five, um, I disagree with having USC that high like we touched on. I disagree with Clemson being in there. I think that a lot of folks just pencil in Clemson without really digging into them a lot. Uh, with Clemson, uh, what made them special was their, their quarterback play under Deshaun Watson and then Trevor Lawrence and then their coordinator continuity. They had Brent Venables there, the best guy in the game for 10 years. So now you have a change of coordinator, both sides. The quarterback spot is not proven at all. DJU struggled last year. He looked bad in the spring game again. I watched him there. Um, and then also they, they haven't harnessed the transfer portal like the other superpower programs have. You know, you can patch up some roster holes with transfers, uh, they're very anti-transfer. So I'd throw Clemson out of there. I actually have Utah in my fourth spot, making the playoff. I predicted them to win the Pac-12. And it's really a matter of when you talk playoff, which conference champs do you think have the best run, uh, best route to go one loss or undefeated? Because those teams aren't denied from playoff spots. So uh, I, I see Utah going 11-1 and in the regular season, winning the Pac-12 and getting in there as a one-loss conference champ. We saw them after their quarterback change last year from Brewer to Cam Rising. They played playoff caliber ball all the way out, all the way out to the Rose Bowl, where they took Ohio State down to the wire. And uh, really physical team, great, you know, very well coached. One of the best player developers in the country, and um, a lot of value there to be had. I think they're plus six thousand or something, but um, a lot of value there. Brett, let's talk Eisman, and uh, you happen to have a vote. And when we talk about it from a gambling perspective. Uh, obviously we, we address how the, the trends have changed. It's not like the NFL MVP where it's a quarterback every single year. You, you can go to different positions, but the one obvious thing over the last decade or so is you've got to be in the playoff. If you want to be in the mix for the Heisman, you've got to be in the playoff. Is that your approach when it, when it comes to uh, your specific vote every single year? And uh, what are some uh, some players that you do like? Yeah, so I think first off, you, you nailed it on the head, um, the Heisman voters as a whole. Um, I don't really follow their logic, but first, if you're doing the betting markets for this, you got to get into the shoes of the average Heisman voter. And you're right that the, the average Heisman voter likes to go quarterback. They like to go playoff or conference title quarterback specifically. Uh, I don't view it that way at all. I come in a blank slate. You know, I try and evaluate every player on its own merits. Uh, of course, uh, if they're in the in the running for a conference title or the playoff, that means that they've been doing well as a team and as a player. Uh, so the two kind of are self-fulfilling. Um, it also provides more national moments, national primetime moments, where the games and the seasons are on the line. So, But no, that's not really a necessarily a criteria for me, although it certainly helps the players given their more moments in the, in the spotlight. But um, yeah, so um, when you look at the odds here, uh, there's a couple that I want to throw out right away as, as sells. You know, don't, don't buy these players. Um, because, again, these aren't my picks. This is just the, the average consensus of a Heisman voter. I think that it's going to be tough for Bryce Young to win it twice in a row. I think that over the last 50 years, ever since Archie Griffin went back-to-back, -back, uh, you've seen the Heisman voting population really shy away from uh, handing a guy a second award. I, Tim Tebow had a better year the next year, and he couldn't win it. So um, I don't think that uh, – I don't see why Bryce Young would be in the top three or top two, depending on your market. 
um, you know, excellent player, but I just don't see the, the population of voters doing that again. Uh, DJU at six seems high. I, I just kind of spoke to Clemson's offense, and um, I, don't, I don't see why. I don't, I, I, mean, I don't see any reason why he would be that high right now in the preseason. Of course, he can go out and earn it. Maybe he makes some some changes to his game and, and reverts back to that 2020 form. Um, but as of now, I, I don't see why that would be top five odds. But a couple dark horses here. When you go past that top five, I see Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. Um, we, we spoke on Oklahoma. They're probably a, the Big 12 favorite right now. So they're going to be in that conference title hunt. They have a high-tempo offense. They get a ton of stats out of him. Um, so that's pretty good value there at eighth. I think he's plus 3,000. And then a pair of super long shots I want to talk about. Hendon Hooker at Tennessee and Malik Cunningham at Louisville. Uh, both plus 7,000 right now, 18th and 19th on the board. Um, what you get out of these two players is stats and, uh, and electric highlight moments. Great stuff. Brett Ciancia, pro, uh, pick, me, pick six previews. Go check it out. Go grab your copy right now. Good stuff there. We'll talk more about it, and we'll go off the board next right here on the BetQL Network. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Dilio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL.